Hey everyone, it's Dan. And this is Maureen. And we are back from uh, a week off, but normally we would be reading our ads right now, uh, but we're not doing that. Instead, we are letting you know that this month, our Patreon money, which normally helps make this show happen, is instead going to be donated to the Movement for Black Lives. So thank you very much for your contributions. Uh, so we have turned those into contributions to something very important, more important. So thank you so much. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Maureen Johnson. And I am Dan Sinker. Maureen, it's good to hear your voice. It's good to be back, Dan. It's good to the be back. The last time we recorded, says Uvians, was uh, the morning of May 26th, which was uh, before the first protests in Minneapolis uh, started. They started that night um, over the murder of George Floyd at the hands of the Minneapolis police department. Um, so it is, it, it has not only been two weeks, it has been a, uh, a real two weeks to have not been, not been here with all of you. And to be clear, we, we were, we took last week off deliberately um, because we thought that we thought that it, you didn't need um that there were more important things to be listening to last week. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, really as simple as that. And so it's funny because we are now coming to you uh, two weeks later into a moment that feels almost, almost like hope after, uh, after a couple of very, very tumultuous weeks. It definitely feels like we are currently living through three chapters in a history textbook. Oh, without a doubt. We might be living through the whole book. Yeah. I You certainly feel like there will be day-to-day -day recountings of this period. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But um, we are not going to attempt to do that day-to-day -day recounting right now, though I think it is um, at least kind of worth talking a little bit about uh, about the timeline of the time that we have not been there, right? Because it is the last, what, God, like two, three months of this show have been essentially documenting life under quarantine, right? And in in some ways, it has been documenting a life that is in has been have been in suspended animation and it kind of feels like we were pulled out of that suspended animation just like immediately like immediately and yet we are still in suspended animation <laughs> there's still, that too i mean we're still inside largely yes still still very much inside still very much under quarantine in fact uh, numbers are beginning to creep up again, and I think that it's the 
we're beginning to see the 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 start of the the early reopenings the kind of premature reopening is beginning to creep into the actual numbers themselves which i look at every morning with terror so uh that's not great but um but just to back up like like i said we uh we recorded before the very first protest in minneapolis and um you know the first were on Tuesday night and the police as as they are wont to do overreacted um by Thursday night those pro- or by Wednesday night those protests had gotten bigger uh and the police response uh, was uh, even more violent and that sort of kicked everything into high gear Thir- Thursday night uh the third precinct in Minneapolis was burned down and that really kind of kicked off a much larger movement across the entire states you know, there were marches happening everywhere by Friday. Police responded once again with violence and things started to go sideways from there. There were curfews and looting and police in a, in it, it, it continues to baffle that in protests that were very much about police brutality and the murder of uh, black lives at the hands of police that we saw over and over and over again for the last two weeks, examples of police brutality. Um, yep. Yeah. At some point on Friday night, President Trump was rushed to the bunker below the White House. Though later he claimed that he wasn't and that he was only down there inspecting it. Mm, Like you do. You know, definitely seems like one of the jobs of the president of the United States is to occasionally just run spot inspections of things like the bunker beneath the White House. He does a lot of stuff, Dan. Like he checks to make sure the filters of the air conditioners have been cleaned. Um, he does all those like little jobs. He's like, you know what? It's probably time to clean behind the fridge. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do that today, and then tomorrow I'll go down. And I'll inspect the bunker, and you know, yeah. he's just doing the normal things. It's just what you do. Uh, by Monday, this was Monday uh, a week ago. Uh, Trump was threatening to send the military out, though the National Guard was already out in many cities. Uh, he gave a short speech that day. This was, again, this was a week ago, Maureen. I don't know how this is a week ago because it feels like it was a lifetime ago. Uh, Trump gave a short speech, had a bunch of protesters beaten and tear gassed so that he could walk across the street to St. John's Church. Uh, which is across from the White House, and he could just kind of awkwardly hold a Bible upside down for a minute and then walk back. A week ago, Dan. One, one week ago. Somewhere in there, I think it might have been ahead of the ahead of this photo shoot, he went to Maine to tour a swab factory. Because, you know, that seems like a thing to do, especially because he refused to wear a mask. And so all the swabs that were manufactured that day had to be thrown out. He's actively fucking things up. I mean, that's always been true. But like on a like on a real granular level now where they just have to throw away stuff. He's in here. It's just. Uh, and even today, he has decided to uh, attack the 75-year-old man who was pushed down by Buffalo police and accuse him of being a anti-fascist plant. In an attempt to get him killed, presumably. I mean, 
that man's life is now in danger. Without a doubt. It has been it has been two weeks, Maureen, of just ever escalating things. Bigger and bigger street protests. I mean, the biggest ones we saw were this weekend now. Yeah. Just this very past weekend. You know, people demanding that justice be served, that the police killers of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor be brought to justice. But more than that, people demanding the police departments be defunded and that that money get re reinvested into communities that have been ignored and, and divested in for decades, if not centuries. And, and the protests are now worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah. Worldwide. All 50 states, all around the world. It is, it has been remarkable in a lot of ways. In, you know, you not only has this spread, not only have they gotten bigger, but it's also like there there is the beginning of results now. Yeah. You know, Minneapolis is the, the city council has is has the votes to disband the police department. I mean, can you imagine trying to explain even to us in December? <laughs> No, we don't have to go back to 2016, Dan. We can go back to December and be and say by June, early June. I yeah, early June. We are nine days into June as we record this. We will have been inside for three months in a global pandemic that took the entire world inside, and be two weeks into the most massive uh, demonstration for justice. That has resulted in a kind of global discussion and acceptance of the idea of defunding the police. It's remarkable. You know, I mean, Minneapolis is is apparently on the route to disbanding their police department. Uh, other departments, New York, L.A., have had their budgets cut and and by millions and millions of dollars. And as many people have pointed out, these are billion dollar multi-billion dollar budget so millions of dollars is not much but also police department budgets never go down so even a even a small amount is something that has never been achieved before right and you know yeah and and there's real discussion happening at a lot of levels on how to rethink policing and how to rethink community and it's all happening in ways that feel possible. Yeah. I don't know. As someone, Maureen, that has been involved in various protest movements since he was a young teen and has been out on the streets many, many times and has seen very little change for all of that, I am kind of remarkably hopeful right now. It is kind of amazing that just the something is happening right now. Yeah. That's something something is happening right now. Yeah, and it I I think part of it part of it to me is that when we all went inside, right? The the best possible hope was that this was a this was an opportunity to hit a reset button right if if 
the entire world's economy is going to collapse. Like maybe we can just hit that reset button and build something better. Right. And I think the missing part of that fantasy was you never build things better without tearing them down first. And now we're, and you don't build things better without articulating a vision for what better means. And it feels like both of those things are actually what's happening to me. Yeah. So I feel like certain, it's a lot, isn't it, Dan? It's a lot. It is a lot. And that's not even to mention, like, you know, we are not uh, anywhere out of the woods on COVID. You know, we are only starting down a path of reckoning with the racism that this whole society is built on. Um, You know, we're we're maybe moving in a good direction. Our COVID numbers aren't, but maybe as a society we are. But we have a lot of. We have a lot of work ahead. Well, then maybe we should talk to someone who knows something. Let's talk to someone that does that work, Maureen. All right. Let's talk to our friend, Akila Hughes. Akila Hughes. The host of the daily news podcast, What a Day, from Crooked Media, which offers a great 15, 20 minutes news roundup five days a week. She is also the co-star of the recent Comedy Central shorts, Making Fun with Akila and Milana, which you should go watch because they are amazing. Additionally, she is the author of the book, Obviously Stories from My Timeline, and According to My Teen, has an awesome island on Animal Crossing. <laughs> Akila. Yo. It's good to talk to you. It's so good to talk to you. And tell your teen, thank you so much. I've been working very hard <laughs> trying <laughs> to make this island a place I can move when the apocalypse pops off in real life. So <laughs> his um his villagers talk about you all the time. <laughs> Do you know I'm how obsessed. confusing the world is if you don't play Animal Crossing right now? Oh yeah. I mean, it's got to be painful. Like, you know, I'm already in pain from the world. So, like, mm. if I didn't have Animal Crossing, I don't know what I would do. Serial kill? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what else is there? <laughs> that, that's the, those are the two. It's a binary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the two things. It's Animal Crossing and serial killing. I'm gladly and happily and forever on the Animal Crossing side. And uh, yeah, my island is is coming together. Turns out, you know, when you can't sleep at 4 a.m. because of the state of the world, your island is there for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> you are already answering our first question, which we pose to all of our guests, which is how are you coping right now? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean... I got to tell you, uh, living in a place where there is legal marijuana has been helpful. <laughs> I cannot complain about that part of it. So there is, you know, the general relaxation stuff. But yeah, Animal Crossing is is it. It's so nice to like visit your friends uh, on their island and talk to them through like, you know, the app on your phone. And just feel like, oh, this is like, we're actually living life. We're just not together in real life. And it feels 
like the closest thing to normalcy since we all got trapped in our houses with COVID-19, you know, ravaging the streets. Yeah. Remember before? <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Can you, uh, yeah. Jog my memory. What was out there? What was the I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. I, I think there was stuff like I see. I have a vague memory of going to a grocery store and then it all goes blank. Yeah. I remember people like touching my shoulder or like grazing yeah. me sometimes. And I'm like, wow, imagine like human touch. I don't want to. It's terrifying now. <laughs> <laughs> Horrifying. Yeah, nobody wants that. <laughs> uh, the last real big event of the before times for me was going to Disneyland with you. That's right. Uh, Think of we, how many sure tens of thousands of people were around us. I mean, everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> but what I will say, we were very on top of like hand sanitizing and stuff that day. We washed our hands a lot. Like, I felt like we had some like secret intel, even though literally my entire podcast had been that and the news was like, hey, guys, it's on the way. But like <laughs> most people weren't living in a reality no. where that was the case. But we were like, OK, so let's like sanitize before the ride, after the ride. <laughs> we're going to get food. We're going to we're going to sanitize. <laughs> like, we were on top of it. We were wow, you guys clean. really, because that was mid-February. Yeah, yeah, or like, I guess late, but what was really wild was, um, I guess that it, we knew it was coming. We were at, you know, this major park. We also had like a magical day where everything really was working did. out for us. Like we, we got really to sit did. down for the fireworks. We, I got grandfathered into the hardest ride to get on. <laughs> when that ride broke down, they let us on again. <laughs> like so many things kept happening that I was like, oh, like this is the universe being like, you all deserve one good last hurrah. It was like, this is it. Everything's yeah. going to shit now. But yeah. for you two, we'll let you slide today. <laughs> exactly. I've never, I mean, I, you all know, uh, I've been on this pod before and I've talked about my time at Disney, even when I worked there, I never had magical moments quite as magical as what we had that day. So I do it feel really was lucky about it. I was, I, it was I was just talking with my family about it. Like, just like, <laughs> so yeah, jealous. The, like the band, but they were, I always feel sort of guilty. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I but, mean, uh, it'll come back one day and they'll only let four people in the park and it'll be you guys. <laughs> so it's fine. I have a question though. You were the one that, I learned through you. I learned that that Disney world is just full of cats, just feral cats, everything. There's a cat. How (laughs) is it just all cats in there now? Do you think like what's happening? What do you think is happening in there? I think so. I bet you now. Well, here I have my like conspiracy theory that is like rich, famous people probably are still going. Oh, without (laughs) a doubt. Right. Yeah. Like they're just paying to go alone on like rise of the resistance. (laughs) Um, I, I believe that that is probably true based on everything I know about capitalism. But I will say <laughs> when, you know, the sun goes down, they're probably not still hanging out, but the cats are. And I believe the cats are plotting the end of Mickey Mouse. You know, what did Donald Trump say that we're trying to kill and dethrone God? That's what they're doing. <laughs> the Magic Kingdom. They're going to get rid of Mickey. Do you think the run- rides have to be run to keep them operational? or like? Do- <laughs> I mean... Probably a little bit, you know, because I'm sure that like it's rained a little bit since this all went down like the first few weeks. And 
So like the rust and like that sort of thing. But I don't know that it's like, you know, starting a car in the winter. <laughs> like I don't know that it's like so necessary, but I probably wouldn't. I mean, I don't see me going to Disney for quite some time, but I also think that like they'd have to run those rides several times in the day before. Like I'm not going to survive COVID-19 and then die at Disney on a ride. <laughs> I refuse. It's not cool. It's not a good way to go. <laughs> They'll be like, wow. So you're, you're, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm pretending that someone's talking to my sister in this fantasy, but they're like, so wow, your sister died in the COVID-19 crisis. That must be really hard. They're like, no, actually, she died at Disney on a ride that exploded. <laughs> like, that would be pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even like, it was like Dumbo. I mean, yeah. she, it just, it yeah, wasn't, like, she didn't even, <laughs> there was no line. She could have just ridden it at any point when it wasn't going to explode. <laughs> It's like yeah, there's it's sort just... of a, a point in Dumbo where suddenly it just sort of like has unscrewed itself from its base. <laughs> and then all the little Dumbo wheel, like the big wheel just starts rolling down fantasy land, <laughs> crushing everyone beneath it. Yeah. I mean, dark, beautiful, beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. Kanye, you know, all of it. I'm into it. It's what Akila would have wanted. <laughs> exactly. She died doing what she loved. Crushing people <laughs> to the Dumbo's ride. <laughs> it's a small world, motherfuckers. It's a small, yes. small world. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's so good to laugh. It's so good. <laughs> Today, I watched a video of Las Vegas where a man sat at a slot machine wearing an N95 mask, and he had a lit cigarette and couldn't figure out what to do with it. So he lifted up the N95 and stuck the cigarette underneath and then took it out, replaced the N95, and then fully took the mask down to blow the smoke into the air before replacing the N95. And I thought, <sighs> we're fine here in America. We're just fine. <laughs> it is so dark. It's also like, was he touching the slots with the same hand oh, yes. that he was smoking? Oh, with? yeah. <laughs> It's just like what's the like what's the performative nature of even wearing the mask? Like just say you're ready to die. Like just admit that gambling today was more important than your survival. Smoke that cigarette <laughs> and maybe your last memories won't be, you know, pulling the mask down over and over again. It's just hey, horrible. Look, at the best of times in Vegas, you get on an elevator and you get off thinking, "Oh no, now I have chlamydia." Like that's exactly the, the, other that's diseases. The, yeah. That's the good times. Yeah, those, those are the best of times. And now the worst of times are COVID and chlamydia. Oh, no. Elevator chlamydia. And now uh, I have COVID. Yes. It's, like it's, they'll rebrand it like COVID-21. Yeah, what happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. <laughs> no, it actually not. comes on the plane back with you and <laughs> ruins communities. I mean, I just, I also think that like, I don't know. I don't remember who I was talking to about this. It might have been you, Dan. But, like, there are some people who've just evolved to, like, I think that, like, some people survive this long ancestrally by, like, ignoring problems and other people, like, attack them. And I think that that's, like, the great <laughs> split on Earth. And, like, the people who are ignoring it are ill-equipped for this specific kind of, like, problem. And I'm like, oh, I love being at home. I'm, like, not loving being stuck here all the time. But I'm also not, like, deeply uncomfortable because I've, you know, learned how to entertain myself over the years. And then there are the people who are like, you know what? I need other people so bad right now that I'm just willing to die for them. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> good luck, man. <laughs> My Animal Crossing Island is fine. Like, 
it's better even. Like, it's not like it's so great in regular life. <laughs> if I had Animal Crossing and we didn't have COVID stuff happening, I'd probably still be spending most of my time doing that. <laughs> I just gotta say, like, it's better. Yeah, I also just, like, can't imagine, like, I don't, I mean, how long do you two think it'll be before you're, like, comfortable going to a big group thing again? Like, even if there was, by some, you know, stroke of luck, a vaccine this year and enough medical glass for us all to get it. When would you even feel comfortable being like in a room with people without a mask on and they're like coughing into the air? Like, I, it's just going to be a long time for me. 2030. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> I literally bet my housemate $100 that they would cancel Coachella. And he's like, they'll never cancel Coachella. <laughs> and within like two days, they're like, hey, Coachella is over. And he was like, okay, well, I guess it's really happening. And then he like, I guess because it was so outside of what he thought was possible, he like really went down a rabbit hole of just like, I mean, he took his temperature like 50 times with a faulty thermometer. I had to make a deal with this lady at Walgreens <laughs> to get the last one because it was behind the counter. And I was like, I will pay over whatever the price is. But like, I cannot watch my housemate, you know, do his temperature for the 50th time on something that hasn't said the same thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way like he's just waiting for a certain number like it's a slot machine <laughs> and i'm like dude it's clearly not right like the moment it says 98.6 it's still wrong like why don't you understand that it was so insane so yeah it's been, it's been really tough but now i feel like he's definitely getting restless again so i have to keep reminding him like it's not over in fact it's starting to peak in la yeah i mean i think that that's like a thing that I feel like was true with the kind of early stage of, of COVID and has continued to be true with COVID throughout. And now with sort of the unrest that is happening and all that, like there's a, there is a magic thing where you can predict the future. If you actually pay attention to the news, right? Yes. <laughs> like if, yes. you, if you're just paying attention, it's like, Oh, things are going to get bad soon. You know? And it's mm -hmm. like, Oh, there it is. And I'm curious, like you did not come from news before you joined what a day. And yeah. now you're doing it fucking five days a week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how, yep. How are you staying? And then, and so then you like, oh my God, there's just sort of like a nesting doll of stress that's building in me as I'm even formulating the question here. <laughs> um, but like, you know, and then you get like news that hits incredibly close to home, like the, yeah. you know, the George Floyd murder and the, the protests and everything that's happened since. Yeah. Like, how do you not just fucking lose it? I mean, I talked to my therapist about, how well adjusted I am all the time. <laughs> like, she's like, so you're like fine. I'm like, well, I feel like my brain is just like, it's like a survival mode almost where it's just like, I have this uh, just beautiful imagination. That's like, we'll deal with all of this. Like all of the feelings in like a decade, just like hold them back, <laughs> right. push them to the corner and we'll deal with them later, which like, I'm sure is going to like erupt in a terrible way one day. What, but it's what just could like possibly go wrong. Right, no, no, right. I think that's an accepted system of of dealing with problems. Just push them down. Just yeah, push just them keep down. pushing them back, and then you know, those um, hopefully, down. hopefully the clock runs out before I have to actually deal with it. Which that's is right. so it just, dark. 
the harder you push them, the firmer the foundation you stand on. Isn't that how that goes? Yeah, I'm sure that's like what I've heard forever is that the people who don't feel their feelings end up fine in the end. But honestly, you know, I think that it's, um, there's a level of feeling like I'm right about a lot of this and I'm constantly having to convince people of like what is true. And because of that, it's like almost hard. I mean, obviously like I've definitely been emotional online about all this stuff happening, but I think like in my work and like trying to show up and just be present, there's a level of like, well, it is now my job to convince people of what is true. Like, it's not just like in my personal life, trying to like convince someone that racism is a problem or that (laughs) COVID-19 is actually killing people. It's like, Oh, I'm, I have the privilege of telling people the truth about the world. And so I'm going to figure out every way I can do that. And then if, you know, the world ends, I'll be like, I have, my conscience is clean. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I did the job. You all could have taken it or leave it. That's fine. You know, like do your thing. But (laughs) I did my best to save us when I could. That's what we hear as the Dumbo is rolling down Main Street. (laughs) I fucking told you. I told you. Exactly. Back when we were in line and not crushing Main Street USA, <laughs> I said. <laughs> but you guys don't listen. And now here we are. And that's my last line. You know, Friends. we we should have listened to Akila. Yeah. <laughs> Just stand there holding dull whips going, should have listened. She knew. Yeah. Yeah. She really been saying as they take another bite. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's, it is super tough. And that's why I'm like in the middle of taking a week off. I had planned for this week off literally a month ago. And so it Again, just, if you so follow happens. the news, you can predict the future even right? for yourself. Yes. I mean, literally. And like, I think that that's also why so much of the news is so frustrating is like, you know, we have these um, Congress people who sold all their stocks leading up to this. And I'm like, look, I think that that is corrupt because they had information that even like news people didn't have. But if you paid attention to the news, there was a level of like, things are getting bad everywhere that maybe could have told you like, the, the money's not safe. <laughs> like, And so I feel like there's, like it's the double-edged sword of like corrupt people not looking out for the greater good and fighting against that while also being like, it is our responsibility to pay attention. Like, and especially when there's more news than ever, it's, there's no excuse. And like, I remember it was maybe the Sunday before everything closed down in LA. I did a shoot for sci-fi and um, it was a person who was also on that shoot who hadn't heard anything about it. Like we didn't have a buffet of like craft food. No one was eating what was available People were sitting far apart, and she's like, "Why is everybody being so weird?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I just <laughs> you imagine don't know? her with just this plate stacked high, like yes, a, like she was eating cheese, giant like I, sandwich." <laughs> like literally, she's like, "I guess I'll take some home." I'm like, "I'm not going to," <laughs> and she was just so. I mean, t- truly, like I had to sit her down, and I was like, "This, like, here's what's coming. Like, you should get supplies. You like, you don't have toilet paper. You know what I mean?" Like, I was like really giving her the entire rundown. And I don't think I've ever seen anyone truly afraid as if I was telling them like a ghost story being like, I just can't believe this. Like, why has no one told me this? And I'm like, I just don't know where you've been. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, how do you not know this? Like, I, I really couldn't believe it. And then like, 
now, you know, there are people who are doing stupid shit today that I'm like, oh, there are just people who don't care enough to keep up with the news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every single person who's like, I didn't know that we had a race problem in America. It's right. like, you f- what? I'm like, did oh you God. just move here and you never <laughs> had a book before or like a what? movie? <laughs> You've never worked in an office or had a doctor. You I've been outside. <laughs> exactly, been outside, <laughs> left your house. <laughs> Seen like <laughs> anything, anything right. at all. Right. Nothing you've ever watched. No part of media has ever prepared you for inequality. (laughs) And you are shook. You thought it was all a fantasy. Like, I just, it was based on nothing. Like, it's just, it is, it is shocking. And like, that's why it's even more shocking. Like, I feel like it's a weird parallel of COVID-19 of people being like, this is not a problem if I don't care. And it's like, it's actually affecting everything. And it's so it's wild to see every single industry in the midst of this um, reckoning. And there's yeah. still individuals who are like, I just couldn't, I can't believe it. I'm like, but you know that everyone who makes more money than you is white. <laughs> you don't think that that's a conspiracy? <laughs> like, It never occurred to you that you've never had a black teacher. You've never had a black boss. You've never had a black surgeon. Like all of these things never occurred to you. Like you just thought the black people were literally not doing those jobs. Like, come on. It's wild. I mean, I made a tweet about it this week about how, like, conspiracy theories are more popular than ever, but, like, the only conspiracy that really goes all the way to the top is racism and white supremacy, but we're still over here talking about how the earth might be flat. Like, (laughs) what are we doing? (laughs) What are we doing? The other day, I... So I went down to the the protest in the East East Village, and I looked around. I was nervous because I was Mm -hmm. like, I have not been... In a, anything that resembles a group of people since March, and I want to be careful. And I looked around, and everybody there had a mask on. Every single person had a goddamn mm-hmm. mask on, except for mm-hmm. like one person who was yeah. kind of standing up on some steps. Yeah. I was like, okay. But then the next night, um, the cops used our neighborhood as like a gathering point. Like they had their pre shift meeting, and there were. I honestly don't know. Hundreds. It was at least 75 police vehicles outside. Mm-hmm. Um, they filled the sidewalks. They filled. They, so they were having a shift meeting and there were, so let's just say 200 cops out there. It was a lot, maybe more. Uh, not one wearing a mask. Not one. Right. One walked and right like, up to me to try to pet my dog. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, like, yeah, like back what? up, dude. <laughs> but yeah, I it mean, was that yeah. very clear. It seemed like there was almost this line of like nothing. Like, literally, we don't think anything can touch us. We, we're not even wearing masks against COVID. Right. And it's like, what's wild is, I, I don't know if you recall from the beginning of, like, all of the crisis, but there was so much about how many NYPD officers are dying and yeah, how hard it is. Right? And it's like, and now they're invincible because New York has had a few good days in terms of cases. Like, it's, I think that there is just this suspension of disbelief yeah. that people have about their own lives in the realities of the world and i think that like i truly believe that it's like it's a survival mechanism because if they had to re like actually feel what the world was like and the fear that they should have (laughs) they wouldn't be able to handle it and then there's the other half of the world that's like no i absolutely believe that the world is dangerous and that if anyone's gonna die from this it's me like i truly believe if i got sick with it i would not survive 
And people think that they're like, you're young. I'm like, I'm black and I have asthma. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, I'm probably not even going to get a ventilator. Like, <laughs> so I don't even know. Like, it, it's truly amazing to me, I guess, to watch people delude themselves into thinking that they couldn't possibly be affected by anything. It's yeah. a sight to see. I mean, it is. I'm still thinking about how it's the same metaphor, right? Like yeah. COVID and race is the same fucking thing. Like mm-hmm. it, and and I mean, and in, in the U.S., it literally is the same fucking thing, right? Yeah. Like it oh, is. Yeah. But like the idea of like this, this doesn't happen to me, so it mustn't be, or it must not be real, or mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about it, or you know, I mean, it's just like yeah, it's, it's just all not the same problem. fucking excuses. All right. the same fucking excuses. And to mm-hmm. me, it's like, I think about, you know, I, I think almost all of my response to COVID has been driven by two things. One, by a friend who was very clued into what was happening in, in China and then in Asia as it spread early on. He was like ringing alarm bells back in like mid-January. So like mm-hmm. that was one. I was sort of in a early warning unit but the other is like a few years ago our whole life was turned upside down by health issues you know and it's like and i often think like the people that have taken it most seriously that i know about it's because they actually know what it means to be sick right Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's the same fucking thing with race you know where it's just like oh yeah, you have been in just a fucking bubble of whiteness. And I'm saying this as a dude that's been in a fucking bubble of whiteness, right? Like, but it's like, <laughs> oh, so you don't know, you know? Right. And uh, it's the same fucking thing. Like just the, like you have had the privilege and ability to not know what this is like. And so for you, it's not a thing you need to think about. Right. I mean, yeah. And like, I was sick in 2016. I had to have this sort of emergency random liver surgery because I had just giant tumors and they were luckily benign, you know, but it was still causing a lot of pain and throwing blood clots and just like was devastating. Objectively, like, you know, I felt like my career was at a real peak at that point and immediately everything got taken away because I couldn't, I couldn't do anything, you know, like I was just going from doctor's appointment to doctor's appointment to emergency room to staying at the hospital for a week. Like it just kept happening. And I think that there is to your point, you know, when you have to go through something that is devastating every day like that, you, you can't ignore COVID-19 and you can't, yeah assume it's not going to happen to you because worse shit happened to you randomly. You know what I mean? It's like, at least I can see that this is a problem. Like, it's not like (laughs) if, you know, if I had a warning that said like, you're going to get liver tumors in two months, (laughs) pay attention. Maybe I would have done things differently, but it was just like all at once. And that fear, like now that you like know how horrifying it can be and how like unexpected and how quickly things can go South and how hard it is to be in a hospital. And also like, you know how hard it would be not to be able to go to the hospital and see somebody you love. Like it's wild that there are people who think that it's not their problem or it's not going to happen to them. And it's like, I almost envy that level of delusion because it's like, you must feel really free to think that like you are somehow exempt from death. Like, wow. And I, I think that you're right. That is exactly the parallel of like, I, you know, like when white people are like, the cops are good. I'm like, I can't name one person who was like, I talked to the cops and they helped me. Like, and that is true. Like across <laughs> oh, the <yeah>. board, 
I can't name one person like who asked for directions, who got pulled over, who got something stolen from them, who got, you know, um, mugged in the street, who ever went to the police to report something and felt like the police actually helped me. Justice was served because of the police. And there are people who are like, the police are the good guys. What would happen if there weren't police? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we would all <laughs> band together and like help each other <laughs> because we would have a social contract again. Versus like, well, the cops are the good guys and anybody they murder is bad, I guess. It's like, no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that does not make no. sense, guys. <laughs> so it's just, it is, it's frightening. It's the worst. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess I just don't know. I think that this is truly like going to be a turning point in the world's history, which feels wild to live through. I almost miss the boring times, but I feel like there might be something better on the other side of this. Do you, th I mean, the, 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 we went where this, these two events have come together. Do you see any reason why, why George Floyd and why now? Like, yeah, like why this was the catalyst. Why, um, yeah. I think that it's probably, you know what I think it is? I think that being home in all of these lockdowns and all of the, you know, time that we've been away from each other, there was so much emphasis on how we are all in this together. And I think that that opened up empathy in a way that, you know, even when we're frustrated, we're like, well, at least there are other people who are like, you know, they understand where, like where my emotions are. And, you know, even at work, like I, I felt closer to my like coworkers because I'm like, even like, I don't, I don't blame anyone for reacting any kind of way to COVID-19. Like this is unprecedented and we're all trying to figure out who we are in this new reality. And I think that when you step back and see even when we're all in this together, this black person is having a worse go of it, like was murdered by the cops in the COVID-19 crisis. There was something that I think, I mean, I think black people were aware of it, especially with like the rates of death during COVID being harder yeah. on black communities. Sure. But I think that it was like, for a lot of white people, it was like, oh, yeah, my life is still not as bad, even if we're all in this together. Like, I never have to worry that someone's going to call the cops because they think my $20 bill is counterfeit <laughs> and I might die yeah. because of it. Like they might just give me the grace to say, you probably didn't know. Do you have other money? Yeah. Like it, it is, yeah. I think hard for people to fathom or it was that it could be as bad as black people have said forever. And when you strip away all of the other stuff that's happening in the world, all of the distractions, it's still here. You know what I mean? Like, even now, <laughs> Black people still have to worry about the cops killing them. And I think that that was the straw that broke the camel's back, was like, you're not going to fuck with us on top of how much we're being fucked with by the universe. Like, we're just not going to allow it. And so I think that, like, people have wanted to get out of their house and be in groups and, you know, do stuff, but they knew that there was a danger. And they were finally like, this supersedes the danger. Like, it's more important than ever. To say, like, this isn't okay. And when we come out of the house, we're not doing this anymore. Like, <laughs> it's over. Yeah. And I, I have a lot of respect for protesters. I couldn't go because I, again, I truly believe that I would not survive if I got COVID-19. And right. 
I didn't want to risk it. And I knew the numbers were going up in LA, but like, I understand people who feel like it's already life or death, you know? So like what I'll go out there with my mask and hope that this isn't what kills me, but I would rather be seen right now when it's so important, like of all the times, you know? And I think that that's why the protests are so impactful is like, we haven't seen each other in months and now we're all in the street calling for justice. Like, I mean, if that's the first move of people being in groups aside from like, you know, the white supremacists who need ugly haircuts from supercuts, like that's good. <laughs> like <laughs> it's good to be like out now for a reason that matters. <laughs> yeah. But so again, I, I, to, to yeah. reassure you, the behavior I saw on the street, because I also have a health condition where I was, I have to be a bit cautious. I don't have a normal mm-hmm. immune system. Yeah. My poor mother cries every day. She's like, worried. Please be careful. And I was like, look, I'm going, but I'm staying way back. I got mm-hmm. two masks on and I mm-hmm. kind of crept up, but I was like, I got to do it. But I'm creeping up like creep, creep, mm-hmm. creep. And I looked at every single person. And they all had masks on. And I was like, this is what tells me a little bit of this is another thing that says this protest is the responsible unit. Mm-hmm. Look at everybody. And everybody, you could see that everybody was trying to distance. Like you could see that everybody was, even though there was some packing in, everybody was like trying to angle around. Like you saw people trying to do the work of also protecting everybody else. Yeah. Because that's that's ultimately what it's about. And then I saw the police. And again, I got to see a couple hundred of them at once. And I saw them doing the opposite. Plus, not for nothing, deploying tear gas during a respiratory respiratory (laughs) epidemic. So yeah. And locking people in and holding them in enclosed spaces. Right. For and like, you know, trying to drive I a mean, bus of people that they've, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so diluted, but it's also like, if I wrote this into a movie and this like never happened in real life, <laughs> they'd be like, this is the worst script ever. It's so on the <laughs> yeah. nose. Like, so yeah. the cops don't wear masks in a pandemic. Like <laughs> they're yeah. not only evil, they're killing people with just like, <laughs> what? like their breath. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it yeah. feels so absurd. And I think that that's part of the reason why it's so hard for people to like wrap their minds around it. And like, you know, the, the minds that I've seen change, I'm from Kentucky. So there's a lot of people who are like, for the first time realizing that like, oh, all the stuff black people were saying to us is true. <laughs> um, like, it's wild for them to be like, oh, yeah, I guess it is bizarre that the people who hate black people are also trying to kill them. <laughs> by not wearing masks and being safe like it's it just feels it feels like I like I said it feels like a conspiracy that goes all the way to the top and no one wants to talk about it because it's like they're not painted so great in the, in the conspiracy you know what I mean like they don't end up being the good guys figuring out the conspiracy they are in on it and they hate that it is a little much for one script yeah, like it's like okay, choose one. It's either the pandemic is getting people or the police are. But the police can't be weaponizing the pandemic. I'm like, but they are. <laughs> That's and yet so here bad. we are. Exactly. Stranger than fiction, which I think makes everything hard. Like as someone that stays up on current events, it's just the amount that we're having to process, the amount that we're having to kind of work through in real time is fucking wild right now. Yeah. And I mean, we watch the news get it wrong all day, you know, like, yeah, I haven't seen I mean, aside from Rachel Maddow, like COVID news has been really not on TV because of this. And I'm like, 
So imagine how a person who's not even trained to understand the news is, is dealing right now. Like they don't, they don't know what is more important to pay attention to. And they're also not getting the information they need. So it's like that service that, you know, I was talking about, like doesn't exist largely because like we, we haven't adapted, like wrestling has adapted for this kind of storytelling faster than the news has. And the news (laughs) is literally a collection of stories. (laughs) (laughs) They can't keep up. They're just like, Oh, I guess that since George Floyd is dead and we have to run the funeral, COVID-19 is over, even though we're watching, you know, pastors wearing masks and family members wearing masks in a pretty large church with like socially distanced grieving people. Like (laughs) we still can't somehow tell the same story in the same frame. Like it's just too hard for us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dark. (laughs) Very bleak. And that's why you went on vacation. (laughs) Yes. And I got to tell you, like it, it really hasn't been like, you know, there's nowhere to go. I have friends who are like, I went camping. I'm like, I'm definitely not leaving my house. Um, <laughs> but it it has been like nice to, you know, I'm still keeping up with the news, obviously. I can't totally turn off, but it has been nice to, I guess, be able to process the news in real time versus having to explain the news always. Yeah. Like, right. It is, it, it feels like less work somehow to like sit with the news and just like, let it hit me that like things are still bad because when you're, you know, you're working full time <laughs> talking about this stuff, it's very easy to be like, and that's my job. And then when I I'm done, I just like relax. I'm like, actually it's the world. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. You need, oh, yeah. you need tacos. Mm-hmm. Cartoons. Oh yes. Pill- pillow fort and animal crossing. Oh, you're right. Oh my god. I think that um Tiny Toons or Animaniacs is on Hulu, so you just gave me the rest of my go. like <laughs> week's set. plan. I'm just gonna zone out and watch Chicken Boo and like <laughs> yeah. good idea, bad idea, and just let it wash over me, you know? You've got both the, the old and new DuckTales available yeah, on Disney exactly. Plus. Exactly. That's right. And maybe a cereal you haven't gotten in a long time, like a Count Chocula or a Cookie Crisp or something like that. With the the start of lockdown uh, for the kids, we started doing sugar cereals on the weekends. And let me tell you, Golden Grahams is fucking amazing. Oh, they're so good. They're astonishing. Golden Grahams are unbelievable. Yes, I, and um, I found Frosted Flakes was too much. It was just yeah. like I felt like I was just eating like corn flavored frosting. But oh my yeah. god, <laughs> Golden Grams were incredible. Yeah, Golden Grams are no joke. Reese's Puffs, like I'm afraid to even get them. Oh, <laughs> like, I, I used to just like yeah. how's that? And I'm like a person who like is a cereal mixologist, and I used to be deep in like a Golden Grams mixed with Reese's Puffs. <laughs> I'm like, it's like a peanut butter graham cracker. It's my life. Oh, no. my God. This, yeah, this you don't is, want that. <laughs> this is your time. I do want I, that. Why aren't you doing that right now? I Kila, know. Get them both. Yeah. Get yourself. Do you have like a weight? If you don't have a weighted blanket, maybe just put some furniture on top of your, like light furniture. <laughs> just a chair. I definitely yeah, have, like, I think, two weighted blankets, but. I usually okay, am go. like, it's crushing my bones, but I honestly would uh, appreciate that these days. There you go. There you go. You've got, you mix the cereal, you get the blanket, you get the, you get the cartoons, I get everything lined up, put everything there in front of you, like your drinks, everything. 
and that's it. That's your whole afternoon. That's Uh, your whole week. Yeah, that's true. That's like a whole just just pass out, go to sleep, wake up, just another scoop. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's so good. Honestly, I I think that you are spot on and it's easier than ever to get groceries delivered because I guess everything's like vaguely more open now. So I'm just going to get some delivered. I'm just going to try to relax into it. We can get toilet paper now and everything. Oh, yeah. It's wild. I I think I told Dan this, but I just always bought toilet paper in bulk because in New York, it was always like I could order it from Food Kick or something and it would just be so hard and like not enough toilet paper that I'm like, I'll just buy it from Amazon. So I like am a cereal bulk purchaser <laughs> of paper products. So when this all popped off, I'm like, well, we have a year and a half of toilet paper. <laughs> so don't even worry about it. <laughs> like we are never wiping our ass with anything. That's not two ply. All right. <laughs> not, in this house. not ever. And I feel that, bad about that. Have that translated into Latin and put that above your door. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what two ply is in paper or in uh, in in Latin. Something ve- it's very classy. Just have it made into a beautiful, like a beautiful shield. Yes, oh, it's my family crest. Like, yeah, my family crest, the creed of the home. <laughs> Welcome in. We do have toilet paper in every room as a symbol. <laughs> every room, so every it. room, oh, <laughs> every room. Exactly, everywhere. When I cry on my therapy call, I'm crying into a big old roll of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Just imagine walking into your house and there's sort of toilet paper rolls mounted <laughs> all over the house in the non-bathroom parts. And you're just yeah. like, yeah, this is just my crying, my crying yeah, roll. Exactly. This is the allergy roll. This is the crying roll. This is the <laughs> butt wipe roll. This is all of the rolls. It's like, you know, how people have hand sanitizer everywhere now. It's like that. Like, accompanying every sanitizer <laughs> is a full roll of toilet paper. This roll? So well, I- this roll's just for eating. <laughs> this is my roll. This is my napkin roll. It's like a barbecue restaurant with a it roll is. of paper towel on the on the table. It's exactly right. I do wish that I had more paper towels. But, you know, the toilet paper doubles. It's fine. <laughs> it's all the same. On that note, I think we should let you get back to your vacation. Akila, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been the best. Thank you so much, Dan and Maureen. This has been like uh, a much needed laugh, a bit of levity in the darkest times, in the darkest timeline, you know? Do that serial thing. It. You know, you, you know, if there's ever a time for that combination to exist, it's now. <laughs> I, if I do, I'll post a picture and tag you both. <laughs> do it. Do it. Maureen Aquila is just the goddamn best. It's true. That's been true forever. And it's extra true now. And it will continue to be true next week and in all upcoming time. I think a lot about how before we all went indoors, I was um, doing the impeachment newsletter. And so I was living and breathing news around one specific poll, but I was living and breathing it. Uh, And how now uh, my one of my main sources of sort of just day to day understanding 
of what is happening in the world is uh, Aquila and what a day. And that was true before the last two weeks. That's really been true since sort of we all retreated indoors and it was like, this is all very overwhelming. How can I, how can I do a little better and doom a little less? And um, man, she does a great job. Did you just make a catchphrase, do better, doom less? I think I did, Maureen. Mm, I heard it. I think I did. Well, Dan, uh, you'll be pleased to know that we still apparently have an election scheduled for, let's see, it's June oh 9th now. So June to July, July to August, August, September, September to October, five months. Oh, good. Under good, five good, months. Good, 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 good. Under yeah. five months. Mm. Mm. Are you getting? Are you feeling excited to be riding with Biden? Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I was going to say, well, all the poll numbers look really good, and then I remember where that got us last time. But are you excited? How are you? I'm going to turn the tables there, Maureen. Are you no. excited? Uh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I know. Neither. That was bullshit. You cannot just go, well, you, you answer that. <laughs> I'm not. That is bullshit. I'm not at all, Maureen. I'm not at Biden all. Biden with Biden. At least that's a good rhyme. I like that. Can I just like that phrase? Is that enough? Yes. When we get out of this, we go directly into presidential election terms. We're going to go right into some conventions if there are conventions. There's certainly going to be a Republican convention. They are dead set on that, potentially leaning heavily into the dead part. And... uh if it is not in North Carolina and does say go to Florida, I really have big hopes that they they have it at somewhere like an alligator park. You know what I mean? Just like really go for it. <laughs> Just have everybody show up on fan boats. Let's do this. I would I would watch that. Alligator Park fan boat convention? Yes. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That yeah. would be like so that's ha- the protests in general have been amazing and inspiring, but the, there have been some like subculture protests that have broken out that are amazing. Like the black cowboys in Houston that all rode into town. Amazing. All of the surfers in far Rockaway. Oh my God. Yep. The surfers, the, the skaters in Philly. Like that video that's like 10 minutes long and it's just skateboarders going by forever. I love it. Anyway, fan boats in yeah. an alligator park. The I RNC. Want that as, I want that as a protest, not as an RNC, but I'll no, take it no. as an RNC. No, the RNC in, in an alligator park is the... Dan, come on. It's just a natural fit. Yeah, it is. They'll, and they'll say something like, well, alligators don't bite. <laughs> well, Dan, every Sunday of quarantine, if you're a $5 a month supporter, you'll get an extra bonus episode. Uh, and this weekend, we talk about 1980s television for some reason. 
it that was a remarkable we 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 batch record our our Sunday episodes so we do a few at a time you usually get one like this past Sunday uh that's just a little more kind of chatty and then we try to do one that can you know wait a week so it's less um less immediate and I don't even know how we started talking about it but we talked for almost an hour yeah about 1980s television yeah it, it we didn't really mean to do it and then suddenly no. we were in it we had an entirely different plan. You were like, we could talk about when I was in Catholic school. And I was like, that sounds great. And then next thing I know, an hour has passed and we're talking about Manimal. Yeah. And then potentially going to do a group watch of Manimal. Yeah. But uh, that's for Patreons. And as we said um, on the top of the episode, uh, this month's Patreon contributions will be donated. Indeed. They're all heading to the movement for black lives. So thank you so much. Can't thank you enough. As and you can get you can get to those episodes again if you are a five dollar a month or up. That's a town watch or up at patreon.com slash says who. Yeah, this is are, a great time. If you've thought about subscribing, but you're like, for whatever reason, if you subscribe now, you'll get a whole bunch of bonus content and you'll be making a donation. Indeed, indeed. You sure will. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo was designed by Darth. Ted and Darth, we hope you are well. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at sayswhopodcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash sayswhovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. And let me tell you, Maureen, that is a damn fine group of people there at the Facebook sure. group. They have been uh, out on the streets or supporting people out on the streets and just being good folk. And thank you for it. Sezuvians, you all are the best. You can spread the word, subscribe, and please do leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. A lot of people have been re leaving reviews lately, and thank you for it. Keep them coming. It has been fantastic. You can join us next Wednesday, June 17th, for our next episode, as well as, of course, this Sunday as well, June 14th, for town watch bonus on patreon from my basement in chicago i am dan sinker from my office in new york city where the dog has been burying a bully stick i just gave her for the last 10 minutes and has completely moved the carpet um i'm just looking over the top of my computer and just everything has been moved but she's been quiet so we'll take it i'm maureen johnson and this has been Says Who. Maureen, have you watched Akilah's uh, shorts that she did for Comedy Central? I saw one of them. They are the best. There's one about talking shit about your coworkers that I literally laugh to the point of tears every time I see it. Says who means if you haven't watched it, go do that. Go do that. Go do that.